Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in today to my ministry, song, scripture, and my thoughts. Today is June 29th, 2023. Today's song recommendation is Healing Rain by Michael W. Smith. Today's scripture will be found in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 19, from the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 35 through 38, from the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, and verse 16, and we will also review Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 13 through 31, where I'll just give some of the highlights. And I'll start with some of the highlights first from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40. And then we'll move on to the other scripture in Romans, Luke, and John. Today's message is part two of a message that I did on June 27th. So this is part two to that message which is titled, To Whom Then Will You Liken God? As I said in the message on the 27th of June, I, I said that this is a message that has been on a list of messages that I, I am to give when the time is right, when God points me to one of the the uh, messages on on that list and he, and he pointed me to this message i think mainly because i've been hearing just in a lot of circles in general that people and they should be they are upset of all the in regards to all the evil that is happening in the world for instance the LGBTQ plus movement and how corrupt that movement is getting where they are blatantly in the faces of our children now in these parades, which oh, is so evil. And then there's the child trafficking. Uh, so much with that and so many kids being put into slavery and even women put in, put into slavery in these sex trades and these kids and these women that get abducted and put into these uh, they're sold to whoever buys them and gosh, I just watched a movie the other day and I just was stunned at how many, how many times a, a victim is abused in a day's time. It is so sad and people are sick of it and they are ready to just fight with swords. I, I mean, it, a lot of people are ready to just do away with evil. And the message that God, I feel, wants me to, to give is we are to use the sword of the Spirit and not an actual sword. 
God, he hasn't instructed us since he came down from heaven and was born of the Virgin Mary and he taught here on earth about himself. He died and was crucified, was buried and resurrected. In that whole time in the New Testament, he never mentioned go out and kill people. Go out and kill the evil people. I believe that that would have been a strong message from him in the whole, in the New Testament. He would have said that over and over and over again. Instead, he speaks the gospel of peace. Instead, he teaches us to love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, he does say, and I'm going to read in, in some of the scripture, I believe in, it's in Luke chapter 22, about uh, having his apostles buy two swords. And so we're going to review that today and how we are to fight evil. I haven't written down this scripture but I have been thinking about how Stephen died. He was the first martyr, and his story can be found in the book of Acts. And in front of all these uh, Jerusalem leaders, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and their lawyers and all these, including Saul, who later on God rebukes him and asks Saul why he's persecuting him. And then he becomes the, the great apostle Paul. But even Saul was in the, in the group that Stephen the martyr was talking to and he was using his mouth the sword of the spirit and he was reminding them of all that God had done all that he did through Moses and he went on and on he was so well versed in the Old Testament but he fought them with God's word they killed him they stoned him to death but before his last breath he looked up and he saw Jesus and Jesus took him up to heaven that very moment this is how Jesus teaches his people how it's going to be before he returns a lot of people are going to be put in situations and they are going to have to denounce Jesus. And I'm not making this up. I'm sure as many of you know, just by reading God's word, he, he tells us everything ahead of time. And we are to not draw the sword, but he will put the words in our mouth to speak. And it's the word of God. It's scripture. It is the sword of the spirit. And he speaks through us. And yes, we will probably die. 
I don't know. We might escape for a minute or be put in jail, but ultimately it, we don't fare well if we side with Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So a lot of people want to go out and fight the battle. I mean, physically get in the, get in the fight. And it might just be words, you know, is somebody actually going to go out and hurt, literally hurt people? I, perhaps not. It could be just wanting to do away with evil because they're so evil. And they're oh, so evil. But one of the verses in chapter 40 where it says, Nobody escapes the notice of God. Nobody is going to get away with any evil. I really feel that the power of prayer, if one of God's children are, for instance, abducted and sold into sex trafficking, and they are praying to get out, and if we are praying for them, I really feel the power of prayer will get God's children out of sex trafficking. They will be rescued. God will send people to rescue. He is sending people to rescue. I cannot wait to see that powerful movie that's coming out titled The Sound of Freedom. It, that is everybody. I hope that you go and purchase many tickets for that movie so many people can see what's going on it's been not talked about enough and it's happening more and more and more and is it's the most corrupt in the united states of america it's more corrupt in the usa than in any other country but it's everywhere it is everywhere and we've got to start praying and we've got to start speaking out against it to everybody that we come into contact with inform them of what's going on so they can start praying so they can start telling more people and hopefully there'll be an end to the sex trafficking in the name of Jesus and even with the LGBTQ plus movement, I need prayer. I've got to speak to three people. They are not, one I have on my Facebook, somebody that I, I've known for a long time, but I haven't spoken to this person in many, 20, 30 years. It's been a long time. And then these other two, I come from a family where we are just, we are blended, <laughs> blended upon, upon blended. I mean, it is just everybody that I know has, is a step to somebody, a step parent to somebody, step, stepsister and brother, half sister and brother. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. I, I have two beautiful stepchildren. But anyway, they these are recent people that have blended into the family, but kind of a distant. Uh, they're they're related 
two people that are coming into the family, these other two. And they are women. One, I believe, is very, it's very noticeable that she's transitioning to be a man, married to a woman. The other one, I believe she's married to someone that perhaps might be transitioning to be a man, both women. So I've got to speak out and I ask for prayer that I, I go out in boldness and have the right words because we're supposed to speak lovingly to people, not judge the person, but judge the sin. So these are my, this is my next job from God. And so I ask for prayer as I, as I go forth and, and hopefully am able to turn these people's lives back to God. So let's look at the highlights of Isaiah. I'm not really going to call out any verses, but it's important, and I, and I just wrote this down. Who directed the Spirit of the Lord? Who informed him? Who gave him understanding? Who taught him in the path of knowledge and in the way of, in, and in the way of understanding? The answer is found in verse 28, and I will read that one. It says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? He is everlasting, from everlasting to everlasting. Nobody taught him. He is God, and he is the one that is going to set all things right. He is going to judge everyone according to what they have done. Every single one will give an account of what they have done. So I also wrote that uh, verse 23, he reduces rulers to nothing and judges are meaningless. I love that. Nations are nothing to him. Nations are but dust to God. They are regarded as less than nothing, meaningless. God created everything and everyone. These people that think they have power, they really don't have power. God can just blow on them. And they will be gone. Absolutely gone. He just blows on them and they wither. All of this is coming. I really believe as I was thinking about and praying to God and, and praising God last night. I'm like, God, you must be to at least a point where, where you're about ready to pounce. <laughs> Lack of a better word. But I, I just... I just really do believe that he's he's getting ready. Um, he's getting ready. We can't see it. We can't see him. We don't know what he's doing, but he is getting ready. And I have verse 18, exclamation point. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare him with? We can't go ahead of God and do something evil. Because he'll call us out on it. We've got people doing evil things, but we can't be evil ourselves. 
we can't do God's job and start killing the evil that he promises to take care of when he returns. He promises it. And God, he keeps all of his promises. He's coming back one day. So we can't liken ourselves to him. We can't liken somebody else to him. We can't be equal to him. We can't go ahead of him. We have to respect who God is. And again, where he says, who is, who's directing him? Who's counseling him? Who's consulting him? Who's, under, who, who's giving him understanding? Who's, teaches, who's teaching him? Nobody. We can't, we can't teach God. It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. I love that. He sits above the circle of the earth. He sits there on the rim of the universe. He sits there, and he's watching, and he has eyes everywhere. Have, have you not read his about his chariot and the wheels and the four living creatures? All have eyes. He is watching everyone. He will save his people. There are his people are his people, and he does not lose not one of them. the notice of God and God is waiting for his children to come to him and he can't return until all of them have come back to him or 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 are just barely coming to him we have to go out and speak life the Great Commission we that is our job and if he's asking you to go and rescue someone go and do it if he's putting you on an assignment go and do it but I don't believe that he's going to, because he doesn't say it in scripture, he's not going to ask us to go and kill people. I haven't found that. And I will come on, I will come on and say uh, that I've misinterpreted if I feel I have, or if I read that I have, or if God convicts me, I will change my interpretation of that. But for now, this is my interpretation of the word of God. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you. Uh, turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 19, says this. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Pause. I'm going to read that again. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I'm not the one saying anything to you that's not written from the Word of God. I will always have scripture to back up what I'm saying. And again, I know there's a lot of evil, and I know that a lot of people are just so so mad. I am too. I am so mad. I am. 
but because of the promises of God, and I know that he's going to take care of evil, I trust in him that he will. And I am praying all the more for him to help those of his that are that have been abducted. It's hard to say. You know, we're not all his children. I don't know who's who. Only God knows who is who. But I do know that he's either going to rescue them and pluck them out and bring them right to heaven, or he's going to send somebody to rescue somebody that's that needs to be rescued. I pray they're all rescued and that this all of this evil ends quickly. So let's move on to Luke 22 verses 35 through 38. Now this is where Jesus asks to the apostles to go and buy a couple of swords. And then the only time that I ever see swords in the New Testament is the sword that Peter Peter drew to cut off the the slave's ear and Jesus rebuked him and told him to stop doing that because scripture has to be fulfilled. Scripture has to be fulfilled and everything that is happening right now is something that he already said would. So scripture is being fulfilled. We can't go ahead of God and trump anything that God's, God's coming back and he will set everything straight. Now, and then the other time I see sword, uh, the word sword is, uh, I believe, when the apostle Peter is in jail and uh, could be Paul, one of them, and the the guard, he he holds up his sword and he's going to commit suicide because he's going to get in big trouble because they, one of them has escaped jail. And that's the, that's the other time that I see the word sword, but it's never... God saying go out and use it but this scripture found in Luke is is a little bit uh, I believe he's talking about the sword of the Spirit in in the Apostles aren't understanding because before and after this scripture he's talking to them and telling them that they just don't understand they weren't understanding he says let's see start at 35 and he said to them when I sent you out without money belt and bag and sandals you did not lack anything did you they said no nothing I want to pause there because he sent them out without a money belt and bag or sandals and they didn't lack anything and and the apostle said yeah we didn't we didn't lack anything because God provided for them but then he says in 36 and he said to them but now whoever has a money belt is to take it along Likewise, also a bag, and whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. For I tell you that this which is written must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with transgressors, for that which refers to me has its fulfillment. They said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, It is enough. Pause. Why would two swords be enough for all the people?
There were at least 12 apostles that we know of that he was talking to here. Yet he said that two swords were enough. I really believe he was talking about the sword of the Spirit. I really believe that. Because there just wasn't enough swords. And he doesn't say any more and now go and use those swords to, to kill people. They might have been to defend themselves. But they always seemed to be preaching and coming up against the evil people with the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. And you may disagree with me on that. But earlier, the same, the same apostle, Peter, that drew the sword and cut the, the slave's ear, Jesus had said to him that Satan had asked him for permission to sift Peter like wheat. So this could have been one of his tests. And of course, Jesus puts the ear back on the, the slave. So he, he was always about not fighting the battle with evil. He, he, that, that's just how I'm interpreting it. And again, guys, if, if you, you see that differently, I'm, I'll go ahead and agree to disagree love you anyway <laughs> love everybody let's go to the last verses here in john we'll go to john and read verse 10 and 16 and then we will end there it says this verse 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy i came that they may have life and have it abundantly so the devil and his people, demons and humans, they're the ones that are evil. They're the ones that are, are trying to steal what we know about God. They're trying to kill us and destroy us. But Jesus came that they may have life and have it abundantly. He's speaking to his children and he's speaking to some of the evil people that that are indeed going to turn back to God. Some will. Some will. Let's read verse 16 really quick. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Pause. He has other sheep that are not of this fold. In other words, he's bringing them in from the evil population. There are so many testimonies I have, I have read and heard of that, that are uh, Muslim and they pray to Allah and they, they're evil and they, uh, this, this is a, really a god of vengeance and killing people but they have seen the light and now they are christians there are many we don't know who who they are we don't know who they are and i truly hope that we all go and do our part i mentioned yesterday that the workers are few and somebody, somebody said something like, 
well, we're, we're all here. Jesus said, and I'm going to find that, that scripture and add it. Hang on. It is found in Matthew chapter 9, and I'll read verses 36 and 37. And 38. 38 is the, the most important here as far as this message that I'm putting out today for God. Seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Listen to verse 38. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. He is, we have to beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers into his harvest. It takes a lot to be brave and to go out and preach Jesus. So many, they get so uncomfortable around the name Jesus. But we have to get past that and we have to get out. We have to ask God to send us to get out there to do His work because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are indeed few. If all the workers were out there working to get, to bring souls in, back into the into the fold then Jesus wouldn't have had a reason to say the workers are few and frankly guys we knew we know by reading scripture that there is more evil than there is good there's a lot more evil in this world than there is good they're just that that's just a fact so those of us I asked for prayer earlier I'm going to start with that one person he's a gay man I'm gonna start with him I have to speak life into him I have to speak life in him I have to be bold it really worried me because I know his mother. I used to work with his mother. And I don't know if you're on Facebook, when you see something you can love a post or like a post. And she had loved so many posts that were, I just felt really sad for both of them. Just because we love our children doesn't mean that we have to love their lifestyle. We can be bold. If you're out there and you have a loved one that's in the LGBTQ practicing, an LGBTQ person, you know, a loved one, a son or a daughter, even just not commenting or liking or loving what they're doing in their life on social media is a strong message that you don't love or like what they're doing.
It is a sin. It is a sin to be sexually immoral. All of that needs to stop. But, alas, God says it just gets worse, and he leaves them in their depraved mind. If we don't speak life into them at least twice, then their blood is literally on our hands. Okay, this is where I'm going to end on this message. These messages are difficult for me to sometimes deliver. It's just... I'm putting scripture out there and, and some people don't want to hear it or they might not agree, but I have to continue on this, on this mission. I hope that you listen to the song, Healing Rain. Boy, do we need some healing rain. The healing rain is coming down. I've given this song recently as a recommendation, but it's so powerful. All of Michael W. Smith's songs are praise songs. And I, if you haven't listened to part one and listened to the song Awesome God by Rich Mullins, I, it's an old song. I mean, he is, isn't just, he, I mean, he's pulling his sleeves up and he is taking care of evil. He is. Our God is an awesome God. And we are trusting that he is coming back as he said. Again, he sits on the circle of the earth, on the rim of the universe, and he is watching everything, everybody. Nobody escapes. Nobody escapes the notice of God. Much love to all. All the glory to God. All the glory to God. I just give him all the glory and honor and praise. I'm going to add just one more because this is how I feel. It's found in the book of Revelation. And it says in verse 20, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.